0: to Redemption, the podcast. My name is Daniel Arona, and just remember the simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. I hope you've had a great week. I hope, you again, that you've had time to spend with the Lord and that that you've been able to get a get away with Him and really talk through and really listen to the voice of the Lord. I hope that you had a breakthrough in that, especially last week after listening to last week's episode. If you did, drop me an email. Let me know how it went at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And again, I'm always here to help in case you ever have any questions. So, today we're actually going to wrap up um, our series on being led by the Spirit, but we're going to talk a little bit differently here. We're really going to talk about what happens if we miss God. You know, again, we've talked about being led by the Spirit by unction, being led by the Spirit by dreams and visions, being led by ministers when they're praying to you or praying over you, um, and then being led by this still small voice that we should be able to hear from the Lord. But what happens if we miss God? You know, and that, that's something that, uh, ironically enough, was a very important topic in my own household. My wife and I were talking about what happens if we miss God, what happens if if we miss the leading of God, not on purpose, but we just misunderstand what he's trying to tell us, or we don't hear him correctly, or what happens in those instances. She's a little nervous by nature, and she doesn't want to make a mistake, and that goes with anything that she ever does. So it's important for us to understand what happens if we don't fully understand what God's trying to tell us and where God really wants us to go in our everyday life. So before we get started, just a couple of housekeeping items here. Again, all of our scripture comes from the New King James Version of the Bible. Just want to make sure that that's clear. And if you want a copy of that, shoot me an email at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com. I am more than happy to help and get you a hard copy in your hands. Um, And then also, again, don't just take my word for it. Pray and and study to show yourself approved. Make sure that what I'm saying to you lines up with your spirit, lines up with scripture. Again, don't ever just take any minister's word for it, even if it's just me. So I just want you to know that and and really make sure that you're guarding your spirit and that you're you're focusing on what needs what's important, which is the things of God and the things that He has in your life. Amen. So again, our base scripture through this whole series has been Romans chapter eight, verses twelve through seventeen. It says, Therefore, brethren, we are Debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. If you, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again, but to fear. You But you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Amen. So again, talking about being led by the Spirit, what it means to be led by the Spirit, and we've kind of gone through a lot of that, but what happens if... You feel like you're being led by the spirit, but it wasn't actually what God wanted. This is a question I get that gets posed to me all the time, you know, and we talked about it before. It's a growing process to growing up in God, to really being able to hear his voice and understand what he wants for us on a regular basis. Again it's like when you get a new boss at work, you know, you're not sure how to approach them. You're not quite sure what their instructions are going to be. And you kind of ask and you double check and you make sure that that's exactly what he wants you to do, right? Kind of the same thing as your first learning how to be led by the spirit and how to follow God's voice. Remember his sheep know his voice, but a sheep is an adult sheep, right? It's not a lamb or it's not a youthful sheep, right? It's a full-blown sheep that can hear his voice. And that's the way that we need to to develop into, but it takes time. And through all the, the previous things that we've kind of talked about, it's very easy for us to misinterpret what God wants or to not fully understand what God is trying to do in our lives. So the easiest one, I think, is when you're being led by unction. To understand that, so if you're being led by unction, you feel that pull in your spirit, and God really wants you to do something, but you're still not fully sure because it's maybe the first time or the second time, and, and it's something early. You know, then what will happen is that as the moment passes, let's say God wants you to pray for someone, as the moment passes, you'll instantly feel convicted conviction. Like when you were a little kid and you knew you did something wrong and you're going to disappoint your parents. Okay. But here's the good news is that God isn't going to come down on you with a hammer and punish you. Okay. That's just not what he does. Okay. He is a gracious God. Remember that mercy raileth against judgment. Remember that his mercy is renewed with the rising of the sun every morning, as it says in the book of Lamentations. So, you know, God's mercy and grace are sufficient for us as we're beginning to learn. What God doesn't like, though, is like when we know and we understand what he wants us to do and we willfully don't do it because then we're willfully being disobedient. Right. And we just say, you know what, God, I'm just not going to do it. There's a difference between not being sure and questioning whether or not it really is God and whether or not you should do it. God is gracious enough and he's faithful enough to give us enough opportunities to really learn and grow through that. But if someone, at, at this point, if God tells me to go and pray for someone, I don't have an excuse given the relationship and, and the development of the relationship that God and I have. I know when God's talking to me, I know when he wants me to do something, I know when he wants me to move, I know when he wants me to to sit still, because I truly spend time with him enough to understand what his will is in my life. No, I'm not saying that to make myself look, look great grand or, or anything else, just as an example from a development standpoint. But when I was younger in Christ, and when I say that, when I wasn't as developed or didn't have the knowledge base or didn't have the experience, what ended up happening is that I would oftentimes let things go and pass by me, not understanding that God wanted me to to actually go and lay hands on those people or to go and pray for those people or to go and do what X, Y, and Z, whatever it was that God wanted at the time. When I was unsure, God always gave us additional opportunities. He always gave me additional opportunities to do that until I learned. And then once you learn, then there's an expectation, right? Because to whom much is given, much is required. But the best thing that we can do is that if we're unsure, it's just to talk to God about it. Because look, in 1 John chapter 1, in verse nine, it says, if we confess our our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, when we disobey God, and, and ultimately if we miss God, that's ultimately what we're doing, you know, we can go back to him and say, Lord, you know, forgive me if that was you. I wasn't sure. And I'd rather than make a mess of things or rather than make anything up, I held back because a wise man holds back a little. I've had that prayer and said that to God a thousand times if I've said it once. And the reason is because sometimes you just don't know. And sometimes you wait. Okay. And a perfect example is this podcast, right? Like I I think I've mentioned to you it to you before where I felt that the Lord wanted me to start this podcast back in April, but I April of twenty twenty. But I didn't start it until November of twenty twenty, right? And ultimately did I disobey God. I mean I didn't have a full blown leading. I wasn't a hundred percent sure but I was pretty sure right and i probably should have prayed about it and looked into it more and more but there were some personal issues there that god and i had to work out before i really had the courage and and the understanding to really be able to do this and ultimately that's what we did in that time frame right and he developed me and we became stronger together in our relationship and i became a stronger christian and stronger in my faith because of it but ultimately we have the opportunity here to be able to follow the leading of the spirit but if we miss it not as a willful omission, but rather on, as an accident, basically, you know, or an unsureness, or an uneasiness, or lacking confidence, or something like that, God is faithful and just to do that and to give us another opportunity. All we have to do is say, "Lord, I wasn't sure. I really wasn't." And remember, He knows your heart, so He's going to know whether or not you're, you're telling the truth. Just say, "Lord, I wasn't sure." I decided to hold back. Lord, if that was you, give me another opportunity and teach me and show me to be able to follow the leading of your spirit and to go. And he is faithful and just to forgive us and faithful and just to teach us again. That's the great thing about God. See, oftentimes people and in, in different preachers, I've heard them say, you know, if you don't follow God, if you don't do exactly what he says, he's going to punish you and he's going to do X, Y, and Z. And look, there are times when God's going to punish us for different reasons. And we're going to talk about that here in a little Bit, but not when you're actively trying to learn and trying to follow his spirit. That's not God. That's not how he is. He is a God of chances. He is a God that wants to develop you. As long as you continue in your relationship, his grace is sufficient. Okay. There's a reason that in Psalms 19, verse 12 and 13, David said, Who can understand his errors? Cleanse me from my secret faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me, then I shall be blameless, and I shall be innocent of great transgression. You see, David recognized that there were secret sins, secret things that God that David did to offend God or transgress the law or, or whatever it may be, right that he was unaware of. We're in the same boat. There are things and aspects of our life that God may not have shined a light on yet and may not have gotten to yet, but ultimately his grace is sufficient. Very similarly, as you're following the the leading of the spirit, when you miss it, don't think that God's going to come and, and hit you over the head with a hammer, okay? He's going to give you another opportunity when it comes to that, okay? Now, if God's telling us to move on something, all right, and God is telling us that, look, I really want you to do this, okay, then what ends up happening is that he acts more as our shepherd. So Psalms 23, one says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, there's a ton in that one little scripture there, but not not enough time for us to get into it. But I want to focus on the work of the shepherd, okay? Because a shepherd is basically tending the flock, right? We're the sheep, we're the lambs, and they're tending the flock, right? And what they have is they have the shepherd's staff. Well, oftentimes, if you've ever seen a shepherd actually lead sheep, what they'll do is they'll do it by their voice first, And that's what God does, right? Like if we're beginning to take a step out of the wrong way and we're about to go a way that God doesn't want us to go, what he'll do is he'll call us back. Okay. And he'll call us back. No different than, than if you have a dog, right? And you know, your dog gets out. What's the first thing you do? I, me, I start yelling Rizzo because it's always Rizzo that gets out. So I'm starting to yell for Rizzo, right? And trying to get him. I got his leash. I got everything I need, but I'm trying to get Rizzo and trying to get him to come to me and, and to call him. That's the same way that Jesus is too. He begins to call when we start to step out of line or when we begin to go. So he'll be like, Daniel, you know, you got to come back. All right. There have been plenty of times in my life where I've had a conversation and said something that I should not have said, whether it hurt a person or, you know, it was just downright mean, I, we've all been there, but where I've hung up the phone or I've or I've walked away from that person and the Lord has said, Daniel, that wasn't right. You need to go back and apologize. So I stepped down a line. The voice of the Lord tells me that I need to go back and apologize. So what do I do? I have a choice, right? I can either willfully go against what God's telling me and be willfully disobedient, or I can go back and apologize, right? I always go back and apologize. It's the right thing to do. You don't want to leave a brother offended or a sister offended, but that's a different sermon for a different time. But I, I want to point out here, though, that God will begin with his voice, right, and begin to kind of nudge us back that way or call us back that way. So if we miss the leading of God from that standpoint, he'll He'll call us back. Now, if we continue on in the path and say that we struggle to hear his voice, okay, what he'll do then is he'll kind of poke and prod a little bit. So the shepherd would use the bottom part of the staff and just give a little tap, right, to correct the path, of what we're doing, right? And oftentimes that can come in the form of trouble. It can come in the form of of correction by a minister. There's a whole host of ways that God can do that, right? And ultimately what he's trying to do is trying to get your attention and say, all right, look, I really need you to come back onto the right path here, okay? You need to get back over here and I need you to do this, okay? So he's getting a little bit more stern around that, The next time, and say we continue on to that path that God doesn't want us on, we continue going our own way, then he'll use the actual crook or the the angle portion of that shepherd's staff, and he will pull us back in. And basically what he's doing there is I'm saying, okay, look, I've told you. I've prodded you. Now it's time to really get serious about this. Again, could come in the form of trouble, can come in the form of a rebuke, can come in the form of any of those types of things. But ultimately that it's, it's God's trying to get our attention and we got to be able to hit our knees and recognize these situations so that we can hear the voice of the Lord and get back to where God wants us to be. Now, if God, you know, if you still keep going out on the way that you want, okay, and you keep going away from God and away from where God wants you to go, then what He'll do is He will actually hedge up our way with thorns. Hosea chapter six, and and if you know anything about the story of Hosea, Hosea went and got a prostitute and married her, and then she went out on him and went back to prostituting, and then she he he went and actually married her again, a second time, and in the book of Hosea, this is what it says about about the the prostitute and it says I will hedge up your way with thorns and wall her in so that she cannot find her paths she will chase her lovers but not overtake them yes she will seek them but not find them then she will say I will go and return to my first husband for then it was better for me than now for she did not know that I gave her grain new wine and oil and multiplied her silver and gold which they prepared for bail therefore I will return and take away my grain in his time and my new wine in its season, and I will take back my wool and my linen, given to cover her nakedness. Now will I uncover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers, and no one shall deliver her from my hand. I will also cause her mirth to cease, her feast days, her new moons, her Sabbaths, and her appointed feasts. And I will destroy her vines and her fig trees, of which she has said, These are my wages that my lovers have given me. So I will make them a forest, and the beasts of the field shall eat them. I will punish her for the days of the bales, to which she burned incense. She decked herself with her earrings and jewelry and went after her lovers. But me she forgot, says the Lord. Therefore, behold, I will allure her. And will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. I will give her her vineyards from there. And the valley of Achor, as a door of hope, she shall sing there, as in the days of her youth. And in that day, when she came up from the land of Egypt, and it shall be in that day, says the Lord, that you will call me my husband and no longer call me my master. Now, there's a lot to unravel there, but basically what it's saying is that, look, God's going to take away the pleasures and the things that were going good in our lives to where you end up in an area with just him and you. And it's it's not a good place to be. I've been in this particular place before where everything I've touched turned to rust. Um, and it was God really trying to shake me and get a hold of me. But then what ended up happening is that he, he did exactly what he said. He lured me into, into the desert or into our own wilderness, our own troubles, and basically began to talk to me and began to 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 get me back to where I needed to be and then walked me right back to where I was right? And, and it's so important that we understand that. Now, again, God's going to give you 40 opportunities before you get to this spot. So if God's telling you to do something and you're you're just willfully not doing it, like God's going to give you opportunity after opportunity, after opportunity before you get here. All of this that I'm talking about in terms of the shepherd only really happens if you willfully go against what God wants. Okay. Now, if you've gotten this far, okay, and God says, and you've decided, look, I don't want you, God. I don't want anything to do with you. I'm going to willfully go this route. Then what happens is God ends up turning you over to yourself and, you know, and turning you over to your own flesh and to the things that you want into the things that you, that you think that you can do in your own power. So if he's like, fine, if you don't think you need me, then that's okay. That's completely fine. That's, that's up to you. But if you, if you don't think that, then that's fine. You do it on your own. And that's what God does, right? And it's, it's in Romans chapter one and verse 24. It says, therefore, God gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than, than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So, What you understand is that God basically turns you over to yourself and all your own lusts and all your own things that you want, and you fulfill the lusts of the flesh, every single one of them. And then eventually what has to happen is that God has to shake you somehow to be able to give you the opportunity. And then we're no different than the prodigal son, right? And if you know the parable of the prodigal son, he basically went in with the pigs and was wallowing down with the pigs and eating the slop of the pigs and realize that his father had a mansion, and his father had many rooms for even servants, and that he could go home and be a servant at least. And that's no different than the way we are at times when we go and we go and do our own thing, and ultimately God gives us up to our own selves. So what am I trying to say here, right? What I'm basically trying to say is that when we're following the leading of the Spirit, the way that your heart is matters. If you make a mistake, because you are, and you're trying, and you're honestly trying to follow the leading of the spirit and God doesn't, and you're trying to do it and you make a mistake or you go down the wrong way. God can correct that mistake himself. Again, all things work together for good for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And God can also help kind of push you back into the route the way that you need to go, but you got to be trying and you got to be trying to listen and you have to be active. Now, if you willfully disobey when God's trying to tell you something, that's different. Remember, God sent Jonah in the book of Jonah to Nineveh, right? And God and Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. The reason Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh is because he knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew that they were, he was going to preach that God was there to destroy them, and that they were going to repent, and ultimately it would make Jonah look bad. So he ran the other way and willfully disobeyed God. And then what happened? Ultimately, he gets swallowed up in the belly of a whale. Or a giant great fish, if you will. So... You have to understand there's a difference between missing God while literally trying to be led by the Spirit and willfully disobeying. The problem is that as we've we've conflated the two, right? God's grace and mercy is sufficient if you make a mistake. And this should take the pressure off of you, right? Because if you're honestly trying, God will help you and God will guide you and God will teach you. Good godly Christian people around you who have experience in this will help teach you and do that. But if you willfully disobey, then you go into the realm of the shepherd, right? Because ultimately God has to keep us in line as the shepherd. But ultimately, he's still the father, and he ultimately still wants to keep us in line and what to do, but he wants to give us the opportunity to learn, the opportunity to grow, right? And it just takes time. You know, I think of my son, right? He's nine months old. He knows that no means I should probably stop but he doesn't realize that no means not to continue on with what he wanted to do. Now, am I coming down on my son? Am I doing anything? You know, am I putting him in timeout or, or spanking him or anything? Like that? No, absolutely not. He's nine months old. He's learning. He's trying to understand and learn about the world and, and learn how, how to interact with us and as his parents and all of that. God's the exact same way. So don't let the thought of a vengeful and punishing God, come to your mind when you're trying to follow his leading. It's okay if you make a mistake. I've made plenty. If we were all perfect, we wouldn't have need of a salvation in Jesus Christ. But the great thing about it, again, is that God will give you every opportunity to correct it. God will give you every opportunity to learn and grow as long as you're trying. Amen? Now, the last scripture I have for you is in Hebrews 12, And it's in verse 3 through 11. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Now, again, think of it as, a, as a your own father, right? If, if your son, if I tell my son to do something when he's older and he does it, Everything's fine. If he doesn't do it and willfully goes against and disobeys, then that's a different story. Now, if he doesn't understand what I want him to do, okay, then he should come and ask, right? Same thing with our Heavenly Father, okay? And that's the way that we have to realize this the only time that God wants, God doesn't want to chasten in us. God doesn't want to have to do that. God doesn't want to have to have to go through the the stages that we talked about. Right. But ultimately, if we willfully disobey, he doesn't have a choice because he loves us as his sons and daughters. Right. The same way we discipline our children is the same way that God does. And again, no one likes discipline at the time. No one likes being told that they need to be corrected or, or that they need to do this, this, that, or the other thing better. But ultimately, it breeds the great fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. It makes us better. It makes us deeper in Christ. But God's grace is sufficient, okay? So I don't want you to conflate this. So at the end of the day, if we're following the leading of the Spirit and we understand what God is trying to do with us and trying to tell us, then it's at that moment in time that God, and we miss it, we just make a mistake. It is at that moment in time that God will show us grace and mercy. But if we willfully disobey, it's a different story, okay? And God will correct us, and God will push us back on the right path in the way that he needs us to go, because that's what a father does to their children. You do not let your children just go off and do whatever they want, and regardless of what you think as a parent, right, Ultimately, you discipline your children, you watch them, you bring them back to where they need to be, and you do what they need to do. But if they're learning and they're making mistakes as they learn, much different story than if they willfully disobey. So all of that is important, right? And it kind of wraps us up. I don't want you to be scared to make a mistake. If you're scared to make a mistake, fear has a crippling effect. And again, God did not give us the spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power, and of a sound mind, right? Right? The perfect love casts out all fear. Fall back into the love of Jesus Christ. Fall back into the love of the Father, because ultimately, that's what will push you forward. If you're trying, God's grace is sufficient. It's different than if you're willfully just disobeying what he said to do. Understand the difference, but don't be afraid to make a mistake. <clears throat> God is here for you. God wants you to learn and grow in him, and he will make that happen. Because he who has begun a good work in you is also able to perform it. Amen. So I hope you got something out of this. This wraps up our series again on how to be led by the Spirit. Just don't be afraid to make a mistake. Okay, It's really important that you just break it down simply. God's grace is sufficient. Amen. So the song of the week this week we go all the way back to 2012, and I, I, I guess the album came out in 2012. The song came out a little bit earlier, but this week's song of the week is by Israel Houghton and New Breed. It's actually on the Decade album because I just like this version of the song better. It's called Moving Forward. It's a live version. Again, Israel Houghton on the Decade uh, version, or I'm sorry, the Decade album. Again, Moving Forward, the live version. Great tune. The bridge of this song is uh, is the best part where it says, you make all things new and I will follow you forward. That's the way we need to go. Now that we understand how to be led by the spirit, let everything in the past go. Push it all back. None of it matters anymore. Let's be led by the Spirit of the Lord as we go in our daily lives and as we go in our everyday lives, because this is going to be key as we continue on and where the world's going and what's going to be happening here soon. So again, Israel Houghton and the New Breed, um, moving forward, the live version on the Decade album. I hope you enjoy it. I absolutely love the song. But again, I hope you got something out of this. Next week, we're going to start something new, um, and we'll kind of see what God has for us at that moment in time. Again, if you need anything, just send me an email at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com. I am here to help you. No question is stupid. We'll talk about, about whatever you want to talk about. But I hope you got something out of it again, and I hope you have a great week. And just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. God bless.